You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about how to plan, structure, organize, and run a successful volleyball tournament. Now, you may be wondering, why why is there why is this important? Why am I taking an episode to talk about a volleyball tournament? I can't stress enough how important it is for you to understand how to run a successful volleyball tournament. Actually, more importantly, I can't stress how it's important as a coach that you consider running your own volleyball tournament because there there is so much benefits to it that I can't wait to get into, as well as uh, understanding how to run one, how to structure one, what are some of the important factors that you should have in your volleyball tournament. I want to get into all that on today's episode, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 150 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Welcome to another week. My name is Coach Brian Singh. For those of you that are new to the podcast, welcome. And for my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning into another episode where the goal, just like every week, is to give you tangible step-by-step strategies that you can take back to your gym and apply right away. And today's episode is a little bit different in terms of strategies. We are talking about tournaments and why this is really important that coaches need to know and understand about tournaments. Um, But before we get into that, a uh, couple things. First of all, this is episode 150. Wow, that is incredible. Um, I want to ask you guys for a favor. If you've been an, uh, a listener of the pod, I want you to share this. You know, it, like like share this on your Instagram and tag me because I want to personally reach out and say thank you for watching or not watching rather, but listening to these episodes. 150 is a pretty cool milestone. I've been doing these episodes now for almost three years. And uh, to get to 150, uh, I can't thank you enough, everyone that listens. Uh, the show has been growing year after year, month after month, and I'm so excited that I'm able to, you know, be in the ear of all of you. Uh, last time I checked, I, I haven't actually checked this month, but we were at 14,000 downloads a month, which is amazing. So that means I'm I'm getting to reach thousands and thousands of coaches, and it really means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Listen. My Instagram is Singh underscore Coach B. You know, put it on Instagram. I'll, uh, uh, when this episode drops on Monday, I'll probably have like a an Instagram clip just celebrating my 150th episode. And I want you to share it. I want you to comment, like, whatever that it, whatever it is. I, I really appreciate all of the uh, all of you guys listening and supporting the show. So thank you, thank you so much for that. And yeah, uh, really share it on Instagram. I really, really would appreciate that. And um, the other thing I want to mention, too, is uh, you probably heard this in the preamble. Well, if you're listening to this before uh, Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, uh, you know that doors are open to DVA, and I can't wait to welcome the newest group of coaches inside Digital Volleyball Academy. So if you were one of those coaches and you, you signed up, welcome. If you haven't signed up yet, you still have time left. Doors close Wednesday. Just head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. And listen... Uh, if you're if you're interested or you're not sure, just remember, 
coaching is one of those things that's it's always evolving and doing it on your own um, it, it hinders your growth as a coach I've developed this program for coaches who want to grow no matter where you are in your coaching journey we have a system inside DVA that is set up to cater to where you are in your coaching journey and it helps you get to that next level and you may have heard me talk about this all the time where you know you can't grow as a coach by watching you know, a thousand videos or learning new drills because that is great it might help you you know it might help you a little bit in practice but to get to that next level you got to learn how to create a championship program how to run a program that's what it's all about and that has a ton of ingredients yes it has the fundamentals and techniques of our game which you which we absolutely have but it, it's more than that you know it's how do you run training camp how do you run seasonal planning and practice planning and how do you better teach your athletes and how do you run systems like offensive defensive systems and all that stuff it's there's so much more than just a library of videos or skills and things like that so anyways long story short welcome to our new members and if you are considering this you got till wednesday to make a decision uh and that is you can go volleyball or sorry digitalvolleyballacademy.com and yeah and get registered and the last thing that i'll mention is we i just wrapped up my three-day workshop well it's not really a three days i ran three different sessions so for all of you, we had hundreds and hundreds of coaches come out to the workshop. Really, really thankful for you guys. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of it. I run these free workshops a handful of times a year, uh, and I, I really uh, appreciate all of you coming out, and I hope you got something out of it. So yeah, so thank you for, thank you so much, and hopefully I was able to take your offense to a, a level where you can now uh, you know run a better offense, I guess. All right, let's, let's talk about, I've been talking for five minutes, and we haven't even got to today's episode. Let's talk about tournaments and why this is important for you to know. Now, as a coach, I know you might be thinking, why, why am I listening to an episode about tournaments? We, we, don't, we don't need to, I don't, I'm never going to run a tournament. I don't need to run a tournament. I got to coach. I got to focus on coaching. That's what my job is. And you're right. You have to focus on coaching. But did you know that running tournaments can and should be part of your job? Now, that might be something that takes you a little bit off the wrong way. Here's the thing about coaching. And here's the thing about tournaments. Tournaments do a lot for you. Okay, the first thing it does is it's a great fundraiser. It is one of the most profitable ways of fundraising, providing that you do it correctly. Uh, and just to give you an example, if you have a 12-team tournament and you charge 300 bucks, that's $3,600 in revenue that you could potentially make. Now, I know we have expenses like you have to, if you don't have the luxury of having your own facility or access to a gym at no cost, you'll have gym fees. Okay, so yes, gym fees can cut into that. Don't get me wrong. But you're still going to be netting at least a couple thousand dollars. All right, there's a lot of positives to doing a fundraiser. Imagine how you can make a couple thousand dollars in a day. You know how hard is it to fundraise a couple thousand dollars, let alone in one day? Okay, so that's just one. So, and that's to say you charge 300. What if you charge 350? What if you charge 400 for a tournament? Which you absolutely can. There are tournaments for 400. Well, now you just increased your revenue. So think about it that way. So one, it's a great fundraiser. And it, that can help your team significantly. It can, help, it can help offset costs for players. It can help maybe enter another tournament or multiple tournaments. Maybe you're looking to get gear. Maybe you want to do something special with your team. One tournament could be the solution to doing that. Okay, that's one. Two, and imagine if you ran multiple tournaments. <laughs> what it can do for your club Think about the notoriety it's going to bring. Think about the more awareness it's going to bring to your club, right? When when it's like, oh, you know, the 
the Synergy Volleyball Club or Pac-Man Volleyball Club or, uh, you know, a SoCal Volleyball Club is running a tournament, let's get into that. It brings notoriety to your club. And if, if ran correctly, it brings a lot of positivity to your club. Because now everyone's like, oh, that, that, that tournament was fantastic. Well, who ran that tournament? Well, this coach ran it. He's part of this club. Or this coach ran it. He's part of this team, which is my second or third point. It brings awareness to your team because your team is going to be running this tournament. Not necessarily you. Your team is going to be running this tournament. Okay? Now, at the younger age group, some of the things I'm about to talk about may not make sense. Okay? But at the older age group, this can. And let me actually, let me address that first. One of the things that I, I, I have when we, do front, when we do tournaments is your players take care of everything. That means you don't hire officials. So that's the first, I think, objection is that if you're coaching a younger team, well, you don't trust younger teams officiating games. And I, I understand that. So this is where coaches will need to officiate. And you only need three coaches. So if you can get together three coaches to help with this fundraiser, you're good. You're a coach, so you can officiate. If you have an assistant coach, that's great. If you need one more coach, I'm, I'm hopeful you can find another coach to officiate. Okay? So we officiate. The, the players, the team, coaches, we are officiating. Okay? Because that is going to save you a ton of money on officiating cost. Okay, right off the bat. And, and you'll do a good job. Don't get me wrong. You, you guys have been around the game for a long time. Get some practice and practice of refing and then continue. Okay. Now, if you're an official hearing this, you're probably like, okay, they're not going to do a great job. It will be good enough for the for the fundraiser tournament. All right, trust me. Um, if you are a college coach, okay, this is fantastic for recruiting, and you already have a gym that you don't have to get. You have no expenses in terms of gym, so you're you're recuperating a hundred percent of your revenue because now you are you have a gym paid for. So really good recruiting tool. It also gets to build the brand of your program a little bit as well. Okay. The other thing this teaches is it teaches the players an appreciation for the game. One thing that I learned when I started refing was how difficult the job is. It's not easy, right? And you also have to be aware of the rules of the game and little things like rotation and and things that you might not have, you might not pay attention to, or where the substitutions have to come in from, or you know little little things. And you know what's going to happen? Your players are going to miss calls. It's going to happen. Hopefully, it doesn't happen very often because we're not, we're not advertising. We're missing calls. But it's going to happen where your player misses a call. And they're going to realize that they may have made a mistake. And they're going to realize and start feeling the way that an official feels in a match. So it gives them a much more appreciation of officiating as well as the game. Okay? So these are all the great things as to why you should run a tournament and what it can do for you, your team, your club. Okay? Now, how do you run a tournament? And this is the next important point. Doing a tournament is one thing. Running a tournament is a whole other story. And we want to make sure that we are running a professional, a proper tournament, a tournament that you can be proud of, and a tournament that everyone has an amazing time and they can't wait to come back for your other one. That's what you want. You want to develop that reputation because that reputation will go a long way. Believe me. Okay, so let's talk about it. So normally I would recommend, all right, you have six people per court. So when you're organizing your tournament, all right, if you're doing a, let's say hypothetically, you're doing a tournament that involves three courts, okay? We can also do tournaments that involve two courts. So if you're driving, don't write this down, but if you're not driving, you might wanna write some of this down. If you have three courts, you're gonna potentially run a 12-team tournament, 
Okay, because that's that's how you can you can organize it efficiently. Now, we're going to talk about how to structure your tournament after. I just want to get through how to organize and how you know responsibilities and things like that. So you're going to want six people per court. So if you're running three courts, then you need 18 people. Now that's 18 people, including players, including coaches, and also you can get parents involved as well because they can be involved in this process. Now you obviously want every player involved, but if you get to that point where you need more people, that's when you start looking at you know parents and other people in the club or area that you can you can kind of get to help you. All right. So we have, and the way you break this down is six people per court. You have an official, an R1, your up official, and your down official, your R2. So up official, down official. You have two scorekeepers, one to flip the score and one to actually do the score sheet. And then you have two lines people, okay? So six people per court, all right? And this is, again, this is doing it, per, like, you might, you might say, I don't, need an, I don't need an up and down official. Yeah, you don't need one, but I like to run really good tournaments that have, they, I give it my all. You want to give it your all. You want to make it professional, as, much, as, as close to professional as possible. So six people per court. Now, this is a really important point, too, that I want to, and I can't stress this enough. It is going to be a long day, okay? Your athletes, especially if they're doing this for the first time, they're not going to realize how long of a day it's going to be. So you have to have a conversation with them beforehand. The night before the, tur the tournament and the morning of the tournament. And you need to stress how important it is to be focused at doing the job. And I'll tell you, and you can, you may be able to attest to this. If you've ever gone to tournaments, exhibition tournaments where teams are running it, for example, how many times do you see players not, or the people that are running the tournament, the, the people that are responsible like for, for doing lines or scoring or you know, do being uh, the up and down official, how many times do you see them not focused? Or maybe they miss, they miss a score. They miss the, to flip the score because they were on their phone. They were talking to somebody else. They weren't focused. Or the lines person is not focused. As soon as they get a chance, they want to go on, on their phone. They want to take a break. And then you have to, you're, you're figuring out to call them back to the court. All of these little things that happen, and it, it frustrates me too, by the way. This is, we just ran a tournament in uh, a couple weeks ago, a co-ed tournament. And I had to, I got angry at some of my players. Like, we are not focused right now. We need to get focused because they, they missed a score like once or twice. And, and obviously, the, the coaches that are playing are going to be pissed. They're going to be like, what's going on? Like, we missed a score. And I, you know, I had a talk and we were fine afterwards. But these are slip-ups that we don't want to have to happen. Because I, I've talked to a lot of coaches. And coaches don't go back to tournaments because they remember uh, it was ran by the varsity team. And they were kind of like half in, half out. They weren't. They, it wasn't a good tournament. It was not a good tournament. And they remember that. So we want to make sure, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on this point, but we want to make sure that our players are focused. They are dialed in and focused. Because if they're not, that's a problem. And it's going to it's gonna look bad on you and on your tournament. Okay? So make sure that they're there. Now, make sure everyone gets there a minimum of 45 minutes before the first match. A minimum. I know that, that may sound a little bit unrealistic, but in case somebody's late and you want to have your pre-tournament meeting with everyone. You want to talk about the expectation, the focus. You want to make sure that they're all dialed in and they all know where they have to be and how this is going to work, okay? So get there early. So that, And sometimes you never know. They might have problems arise. You get there early. They can kind of mitigate problems as soon as it happens and things like that. You can go over all everything you have to go over. You go with them that morning. 
I've also, in addition to that, when the tournament is going on, we want to make sure that we're updating the scores and the scoreboard, the tournament board, right away. Don't wait. Update it right away. We want to run a smooth and professional tournament. Teams should not have to wait to guess what the scores are, where they're placed. It should be updated right away. Okay? All right. Let's talk about some things that I think are really important as well that could enhance your tournament. Have a nice board done up. Make it look professional. Now, this isn't something you have to pay for necessarily, but your tournament board shouldn't be a piece of posted paper. What is it called? What are those long papers? A poster paper? I can't remember what it's called, but like, you know, you know those really big papers that classrooms have? Don't make it like that. It shouldn't be that. It should be a nice professional, even a Bristol board, something that you can get from the dollar store to make it look nice. Make it look professional, okay? Now, if you do want to spend some money, there's companies that do this for you, but I'm, the goal is not to spend money, but you can. Use resources to make your gym look nice that day. Yeah, make the tournament look presentable. If you have, you know, on the, um, like, uh, at the tournament tables, you know, or sorry, at the, at the, at the scores table, if you have, like, make the scores tables look nice, put your logo there or something, you know, and slap your logo on things you can, you can put up. Uh, I, there's a lot of other promotional things you can get for your club or your team. Put it up there. Make it look professional. So when you can use resources to make the gym look nice that day, make it look nice. All right, really make it. Make sure it's clean. Uh, make sure everything's neat, organized. Just make it look nice. All right. Uh, you can place garbage bins where they need to go. So instead of so make sure that keep the place clean, as clean as possible. Um, if you have water jugs, it's it's uh, people. It's always like a it's a little thing, but water jugs are kind of nice. So teams don't have to go out to the fountain. You can have water jugs right in the gym where they can fill up their water bottles and things like that. And making sure you have someone that's responsible for filling up the water jugs. That's a really it's really simple. It's cool, and again, it's something different that you know you can you can have at your tournament. Uh, a tournament's good. You can also sell food. You could sell items at the tournament you know uh, it, it's a long day have some healthy snacks you can sell um, or just anything in general that you feel is easy to sell um, like you know what, what that that you can you can kind of use your imagination but that's a, that's another another aspect of the of the tournament you could use for fundraising is selling food okay uh, live streaming all right here's another one you can do how many tournaments do you go to this live streamed not many unless it's like the finals or something Live streaming has gotten to a point now where it's very, very easy to do. You could do a live stream on Instagram. Like that's how simple it is now. You can do a live stream on Instagram, all right? There, is, there are live streaming services, but you don't have to worry about that. But there are many ways. You can live stream to a Facebook group. Like there are so many ways to live stream for free nowadays. Look into one. And even if you can't live stream all three uh, courts, live stream one, live stream the playoffs, whatever it is. Add that element, I guarantee you, it's something that no one does and it's something that's gonna look really nice, okay? Therapy, all right, here's another aspect, therapy. Now, if you're a college, you have access to therapy that could be in the gym during a tournament, okay? If you're not a college, if you're a high school, what you would do beforehand or even during the day is you can have in your gym or in, in the area a therapy station. And a therapy station can have athletic tape that's there for you to use, Make sure someone's monitoring the station. You could have bags of ice already done up in a cooler that's there for athletes to use and take. Okay, like little things like these are very, very simple to do, but 
it is amazing at what it can do to your turn. When they, when they see, wow, they have a therapy station. Now you don't have to have a licensed therapist on staff or on hand. I mean, it's, it's really amazing if you do have one and if you can get someone to volunteer, even better, that can provide this. You just provide all the materials inside they can provide it for you. That's fantastic. And I've seen people do this, but you don't have to have it. Just have a therapy station and you say there's ice bags and there's athletic tape for people to use. Really simple. Two things. Uh, and that goes a long way. And if you have someone that is capable of taping, even better. They can, they can help tape athletes' wrists. They can tape ankles. They can tape whatever you need to tape. Tape the ice on the knees or on the shoulder. Like that is really simple to do. And that is a nice element to your tournament that I guarantee you don't see anywhere. All right. Take videos and pics. Have someone there, a parent even, whoever, to take videos and pics of the tournament because that's also good promotional items for you for future. As well as it's a nice little thing you can do to recap the tournament when you post. And the last thing I'm going to say is follow up with an email thanking them and then include some of these videos and pics in that email. All right. Really simple. A follow up email. Thank them, make it, you know, make it nice for them. Okay. These are little things. And this is how you structure, not structure rather. This is how these are the ingredients to having a really good tournament that, that is an, a memorable one that people want to continue coming to. All right. Now let's talk about the structure of a tournament. Um, we'll go with let's go with uh, it actually it doesn't really matter if you do uh if you do a three, uh, a twelve-team tournament or an eight-team tournament, um, much of this is the same. Okay, so obviously, what I recommend you doing, okay, and this is providing you have no idea what the, what the what the skill level of the athletes are, is once you have the registration complete, send an email out asking each team to kind of rate the quality and skill level of the team, and it can be something simple: ten out of ten. Uh, if you are a, you know, if you have returning players and you guys won, you know, many provincial, like where, where you, where were you ranked last year and you're in the league and do you have the same returning players? You know, where would you be ranked this year? Like just a simple questionnaire to find out like, you know, who the teams are. If this is a high school tournament you're running, you could ask the coaches, you know, how many club players do you have on the team? If you have, you know, multiple club players and you're probably an eight, eight to nine out of 10. If you don't have a lot of club players and they're just, you know, learning and you're at a, you know, a little bit of a lower level, that way you can seed them appropriately for the tournament. Okay. So things like that you want to make, cause it, it, it's not fun if you have a pool that has really, really, really good teams and a pool that's really weaker. You want to make it, you want to make it even and balance it out. Okay. So you're going to have pools. Okay, that are set up. So if you have an eight-team tournament, you're gonna an eight as in the number eight, an eight-team tournament, you're gonna have uh, pool A and pool B. If you have a uh, twelve-team tournament, you're gonna have pool A, B, and C. So three pools. But all the pools are consisted of four teams. Okay, so four teams per pool. All right, uh, those are the best ways. Nine, I would stick away from nine. Nine is you can do nine-team tournaments. Don't get me wrong. And then you have a th pools of three. Uh, but you either go eight or 12, because if you have two courts, you're going eight. If you have three courts, you're, you're trying to go 12. That's the goal. All right. Now, how do we set this up? Time is your greatest enemy because you want to get a tournament done in a day and time is your greatest enemy. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we don't run out of time. So pool play, this is how you start it. Okay. This is a simple way how to start it. Now, if you're not worried about time, then you don't have to worry about what I'm telling you. 
But if you're worried about time and you want to get a chance for everyone to play as much as much with as well as much games as possible, which they're gonna get anyways. But if you're conscious of time, where you got to be out of there by a certain you know five o'clock or six o'clock, then here's what we can do. Okay. So pool play, you can go two sets straight starting at four, with a cap at twenty-five. Okay. So let me just repeat that in pool play, straight two sets starting at four with a cap at twenty-five. And then you, you still have your two timeouts per set, okay? This is more so for high school. I should say that these rules that I'm giving you are more so for high school. If this is a club tournament that you're trying to run, I wouldn't do this. I would just go two out, best two out of three, like regardless. Two out of three, two out of three, no matter what. Um, you, could, you could try to go a cap if you want. But if this is a high school where, again, you want to make sure we're getting out of there, people got to go, two sets straight starting at four. Or rather, if time is, if time is an issue, this is what you would do. So two sets straight, starting at four with a cap at 25, two sets. Um, for playoffs, the quarterfinal game is going to start at four with no cap, and that is two out of three sets. And then after the quarterfinal, everything else is regular. Okay. Warm-up, you have your 5-5 five -five warm-up in the very first match. Okay, so for every first match for every team, you have the 5-5. Five -five. And then after that, warm-up is 3-3. Three -three. So you could do uh, two minutes, two minutes, and then shared serving. You do something like that. Or you can just do three minutes per team each. That's fine. Okay. I generally like to start at 8.30, like 8.30 start time. And when you do the math, if you go 8.30 start time all the way through for all the teams, you're going to have a 12.15 uh, finish time. Okay. And here's the way it works. Really simple. So if you have three pulls or two pulls, it's all the same. You know, the very first game, it's team one versus team two. The very second game, it's team three versus team four. And those two first games are the only ones that have 5-5 five, five warm-up. Everything else is 3-3, three, three. okay? And then after that, you just make sure every team plays everyone in the pool. That's pretty much basic. Every team plays everyone in the pool, okay? Then we have playoffs. Now, if you're running an eight-team tournament, then all eight teams will advance to the quarterfinals. Pretty simple, okay? And the way that you structure the playoffs is the team with the best uh, best ratio of one set loss, so or one sets, I guess one loss sets. That's the better way of putting it. So the team with the best ratio of sets. So uh, since we're, you know, remember it's two straight sets, so there's no best two out of three. So we're looking at sets one, okay? Sets one, considering all the matches played will be ranked higher. So if you win the most sets, you're number one, and then so forth. Now, if there's ties, which will happen, okay? If there's ties, we look at the number of wins, so one one win one point per set one, and then if that if it's still a tie, we look to head to head. So who won out of the head to head? And if a team won two zero, done. If a team is still one one, tied, still at a tie, and the last one that normally breaks it is the plus minus. So plus minus means um, you take the, this all the games, you add the difference in what they won by minus the difference of what they lost by. Okay, that's your plus minus. So if they won a game 25-21, then that's plus four. And if they lost a game, you know, 20-25, that's minus five. So for the total differential, they're at negative one. That's how you would do the plus minus. So you plus all the, all the the difference that they won by, you minus what they lost by. And then that was and then if there's still a tie there, then it's just a coin toss.
Okay. If it's still a tie, it's just a coin toss. That's it. Okay. That's how you do your turn. Now, if you have a uh, a twelve team tournament, little bit different. Okay. A twelve team tournament, the top eight teams will advance to the quarterfinal, and the bottom four teams will play in a consolation. All right. Now you're gonna ask, well, how do you organize the top eight teams? So top team in each pool will be first and third, first third. So the top team in each pool will be first to third. The second place teams in each pool will be four to six. And the second, the the, the seventh and eighth place, they're the they're what we call the wild cards. And they are based on first number of sets one, second head to head, or third point differential. And it normally goes to point differential because they're they're probably in other pools. Okay? So that's how we do it. So let's just recap. The playoff structure for the 12 teams, first to third is top team in each pool. Second place teams um, are ranked four to sixth, okay? And then third place or, or the two wild cards, the seven, eight spot is based on first number of sets of one, second head-to-head, -head, uh, third point differential, okay? And that's how you rank them. Really, really simple. And then the playoff format is very simple as such. So since in both cases, since both teams, uh, in, there's only eight teams that make it to the playoffs in both of the examples there. All you have is one versus eight, two versus seven, and then you have four versus five and three versus six. Okay, so that's how it is. And then the winner of the one versus eight game will play the winner of the four versus five game. And then the winner of the two versus seven game will play the winner of the three versus six game. And after that, after that, it's the finals. Okay, that's it. That's how we do it. And then you have awards to follow and things like that. Some other things you can think of doing are, you can think of doing like tournament MVP. All right, you can have a tournament MVP and you got to give them something. So this is this might come into your cost, but if you can get someone to donate a prize or something like that, that'd be great. Um, you can do a tournament MVP. Uh, you could do uh, a couple different awards. You can do like after every playoff match, if you wanted to do a, a, like a game, a game MVP or a game uh most valuable player for the game, you can do that. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of different things you, you can create, be creative with, and, and do that. Okay. Now you are gonna have to expense out the prizes. Uh, T-shirts are the best; they're the easiest. T-shirts are the easiest, so that's something that's gonna cut into your cost a little bit. But um, but that's that's relatively it. Okay. If you're gonna do prizes, medals, whatever it is, uh, T-shirts are probably gonna be the easiest one, the cheapest one. Okay. Let's uh, let's do a quick recap here. All right. So again, the goal of this episode was to really show you why. Tournaments are important, and you know we want to talk about how to plan, structure, organize, and run a successful tournament. So we talked about why it's important. It's a great fundraiser. You know we went we went through the math, and you're gonna gain thousands of dollars, uh, which in in one day, which is fantastic. You know we talked about the fact that it brings awareness to your club and your team. It's great for recruiting if you're a college coach. I um, mean, it actually teaches uh, the the players the game, and it gives them an appreciation for the game and what officials go through. Okay, we talked about the fact that. We want to make sure that everybody is focused. So have that conversation with them before the tournament as well as the morning of and walk them through situations that, is gonna, that are going to happen that are, that are not going to be tolerated, such as you know being on your phone, missing a point, things like that. All right, six people per court, two lines, an up and down official, and two, scores, two scorekeepers. Uh, make sure that we update the scoreboard right away. Okay, and make sure that everyone gets there early. Okay, we don't want to wait. So you have that pre-tournament meeting. Have a nice board done up. Make it look professional. Like I mentioned before, none of that. Is it full scat paper? Is that what it's called? 
Ooh, it might be called full scat paper. So I don't know. It's the poster paper. Don't do that. Use resources to make the gym look nice that day. You know, place garbage bins where they need to be, water jugs if you have them. You can sell food. Live streaming is a great option. The therapy is a great option. Take videos and pics, and then a follow-up email thanking them uh, with some pictures and videos if you have, okay? And then we talked about the structure, which I won't go into too much, but basically uh, you want to go, you know, for an eight-team tournament or a 12-team tournament, uh, you start off again, if you're on a time limit, time limit two. all we're thinking about is sets. So two sets straight starting at four. So, so you have the score four, four, that's where you start at. And then you go to 25, two sets per timeout or sorry, two timeouts per set. Still playoffs. We're going to say same thing. We're going to start at four. Um, but there's no cap and it's two out of three sets. It's not just two sets straight. And then everything else is basic volleyball after that. Uh, warm up is five, five, except for the sorry warm-up is 5-5 only for the first two matches of the day so the first game that every team plays and then after that it's 3-3 all right and then playoff seating the top eight teams make it to the playoffs so if you're doing a tournament of eight everyone makes it to the playoffs and the team with the best you know ratio with sets one versus losses are gonna be ranked higher okay and then we talked about how we're gonna rank them and how we're gonna go from there then the in terms of tiebreakers Remember, number of wins first, so that's number of sets one. Head-to-head, and if that's still a tie, then we do a point differential. And if that's still a tie, then it's coin toss, okay? And then we talked about the playoff structure and how that works. All right, so that's about it. Hope you guys um, hope you guys got some value out of it. No, I really appreciate you listening. And if you are, uh, if, you, if you attended the workshop, thank you so much for attending the workshop that, we, that I just ran. And if you are interested in signing up for DVA and, if you're, and you're listening to this before May 3rd at 10 o'clock Eastern time, then head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and I can't wait to see you inside DVA where I can continue helping you grow as a coach and fast track, fast track that growth, really. Don't go at it alone. I, I went I went at it alone for years before I finally found a mentor and that changed my life. So don't go at it alone. It, it's gonna it's really gonna hinder your growth, okay? All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I will see you guys later. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.